and uh, we thank you for uh, the gift of the people that you've set in our lives, uh, the, the people in this fellowship, the people in our, our, our uh, circles of influence uh, that, that uh, are part of our lives and part of a community that's moving forward. We thank you for the gift of your word. And so this morning, as Pastor Matt comes as one of those special people in our lives uh, to share your special word with us, pray you would anoint him for that, anoint us to receive as from you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, good morning. Good morning. We have one other quick announcement. Um, we are trying to get together our annual, gosh, it's been two years now, our annual chili cook-off and bingo day. Um, and we're trying to plan it maybe for the end of February, but we just want to ask everybody, if you'll see the instructions, don't do this now, because... I'm going to preach, and I prefer you guys pay attention, and otherwise you're going to just start doing something more fun than listening to me. But we're going to ask you, we're going to send this to you via the app, and we're also going to send it out in the email. It's just a quick two-question survey to, to kind of get everybody's comfort level with still moving forward with our chili cook-off and bingo, um, just to kind of help us plan and make sure you know, we're moving in the right direction. So if you'll take a minute um, this afternoon when we send that out to you, it's, do you say that Minty? Is that Minty? Is that how you say that? Minty.com, and there's a code. Um, that we'll send out to you, and you just uh, answer the two quick questions. You know, it's one of those two quick question surveys. Um, there won't be any extra questions. There won't be any, you know, rate rate the sermon or rate the worship <laughs> or rate the announcements. It's just uh, two quick questions to kind of help us plan. So if you'll take a minute and do that, it'd be really, really helpful so we can get that going. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite events. I always really enjoy it, and I hope you guys too uh, do as well. So uh, let's dig into the Word. This morning, I actually kind of want to pick up where we were last week. Um, in Pastor Billy's message. So if you want to flip back to that verse, everybody remember, right? Everybody remember where that was? Romans 6. Very good. Romans 6, 1 through 4. We're actually 1 through 4. Um, yeah, I don't know if you were here or if you if you watched it or, or if you remember. Um, if you don't, I'm going to ask you to go listen to it again. It was a great word. Um, just a really, for me, just kind of a challenging reminder of, of what God is requiring of us. And what he's expecting of us. And as I, actually I watched it two or three times. I do that every week. I watch <laughs> all the messages every week, two or three times. As I watch it, I, I just kept challenging. My, my mind was just racing with what does this mean? So let's read this again. Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then as we continue? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can, <coughs> how can, we who died to sin still live in it. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might, too, walk in newness of life. And I've been pondering all week, what does newness of life look like? What does that mean for us? If, if Christ has died for us that we might die to self, what does that look like? As Billy reminded us last week, that it's not just about dying to ourselves and it's not just about heaven, but it's about the new life God's called us to live. The new life God has granted us the opportunity to have. And often I, I like to hold on to the life I got. And I just want to exchange out the easy parts of my life. The parts that make me feel a little better, the parts... You know, that, that don't require actually much change. A new life, a changed life, a renewed life is not easy. So 
actually usually pretty hard. Actually, usually causes a little bit of pain on that first go through something where you're you're trying to change and be more like Jesus. And part of the hardship often for me is, like Pastor Billy said, we grit our teeth and we decide, okay, what can I do to change my life? What can I do to be more like Jesus? And that's not a bad question. What can I do to be more like Jesus? Not a bad question. But often that's all we do is ask ourselves, what can I do? And then we try, by the grace of Matt, to change everything in my life that I need to change. And what I have found is that the grace of Matt isn't very gracious. It's not gracious to myself, and it sure isn't gracious to everybody else when I'm trying to change the things in my life. It actually usually ends up quite the opposite. The more I try to change and try to do it on my own and try to work through, um, often you know, the snappier I become and the meaner I become or the grumpier I become or the more cynical I become, the easier offended I become. All the things that I want to try and do and want to try and change when I do it on my own and when I just make these hard decisions in my head, I often end up being worse at it than I was when I started. You know, like Paul says, all the things I want to do, I don't do. All the things I don't want to do, I do. Anybody else? Yes. Good. Nice. I feel like we can move forward. And I won't feel as bad just talking to myself. And I realized, though, as, as I begin to, to wonder, what is new life? What does that mean? If God's calling me to change, and, and he's not just calling me, but he's made a way where I can change, and I keep trying to do it myself. So what is the way? And I, I've been pondering, and we walk into practice on Thursday night, and we begin to sing this song, the throne room. I don't know why I turned. I haven't asked anybody to, to put anything <laughs> up. I don't, I'm sorry. That was just a, a habit. And, you know, that bridge, it says, and the veil was torn. It says, as I run into the room. It just struck me. That's in Matthew 27, 51, if you want to know where it is. It's, it's when Jesus breathed his last and it says, the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. And I realized right there, that's where it begins. That's what has to happen. It, it has to be that we run into the throne room. Newness of life, change in life, renewed life can't start anywhere else but there. You know, but as simple as he's trying to make it for us, I think we miss it often. We try to make that throne room time every day, right? We want to be every day, and I'm going to read for 15 minutes in the Word, and I'm going to pray for 15 minutes in the Word, and about five minutes in, you're either taking a nap, or you're looking at the birds outside, or you're thinking about your day, and we make it this grind that we have to do this, and I've got to do it because I promised my accountability partner that I'm going to do it, and if he asks me if I did it, and I say no, I'm going to feel guilty. Or if I miss a day with the Lord, I, I'm going to feel guilty. And there's this cycle that happens because we begin to create this, this, this idea that I've got to do it this way and, and, and I have to do it. And it comes back to me every time. I have to do it. So I went from I've got to change myself to, hey, I know I need to meet with the Lord to change myself, but I'm going to make this time work. And as you get in this cycle of I'm going to do this and I'm going to force myself to do this, and we enter into that time with the Lord with a mindset that is just already made. That this is something I've got to check off. This is something I have to do in order to be closer with God. This is something, if I don't do it, the Lord's not going to speak to me. If I don't do it, the Lord's not going to love me as much. If I don't do it, things in my life aren't going to go well. 
And I promise that when Jesus breathed his last and that veil was torn, it wasn't so that you would feel that way. What happened when that veil was torn is God didn't do away with the throne room. He didn't do away with the Holy of Holies. What he said is, it is now open to you. He's saying, he didn't come out and just expose himself. Pastor said, we're not going to know everything about God. We're not going to know the fullness of God's glory. We only see in part, but eventually with unveiled eyes, we will see everything. But what he's saying is, I do want to show you some things about who I am. And he tore the veil, not just as a demonstration of power, but as a demonstration that says, this is for you. You know, it used to be just the priests, right? The high priests, those are the ones that got to go in, and they, and they walked into the throne room. But on that day when Jesus dies, he opened it up so that you could come in. He opened it up so that you could see his glory, so that you could experience the holy of holies, so that you could walk into the throne room. But yet often we change it into this legalism of relationship that we've got to do this and this and this and this versus an attitude of saying, the throne room is open to me. The throne room is available to me. The place where change can happen in my life, where I can become more like Jesus, where I can begin to, to hear the voice of the Lord and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, that presence of the Lord is open to me. Not, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, or he's not going to love me, or my, my accountability partner's going to be upset with me, or my wife's going to be, whatever it might be. No, no. Jesus is trying to make it simple and say, the throne room is open. The glory of the Lord is open to you. See, in the throne room, in the presence of God, is where we begin to see who he is. The more we see of who he is, the more we begin to see more of what we're made for. And hopefully more of what we're called to. And we begin to see the glory of the Lord, the holiness of the Lord. It challenges us to open up and change. It begins to soften our hearts so that we can change. In Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace. Let us draw confidently that we belong in the presence of God. That we have the opportunity each and every day to meet him, to experience him, to let him begin to speak in our lives, to let him begin to heal wounds, to let him begin to touch some places in our hearts that are a little hard, to let him begin to change and soften those places. I find when I can approach the throne room this way, that I am meeting with the Lord. I am not checking off a box. I am not trying to read through all of Revelation today. I am not trying to pray for 15 minutes and stay awake. No, no. This is going to the throne room. Jesus paid a price so I could do it. I'm going to meet with the God of all gods, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. I find when I do that, and then I come out, is in such a much better place. My mind is in such a much healthier place. I walk around being hopefully less snappy, less irritable, more confident in who I am, more confident in who God is in me. I find that 
I struggle, I, I struggle less with being frustrated. I struggle less you know, with sad thoughts. I struggle less with being offended. Even. I struggle less with all kinds of things when I meet with the Lord. When I walk into his throne. I want to challenge you this week to begin to look at your time with God, that alone time, that time that you have set aside. I think it is vitally important that we have time that is exclusively for him. Because, yes, God is with us all the time. We're in his presence all the time. But once you start moving and once you start going, you don't really meet with him. He's with you, but you're not letting him necessarily speak into your life, and you're not just that one-on-one, face-to-face time with him. You know, you can be in the car and the Lord's with you, and then that person cuts you off, and all of a sudden you forget that the Lord's right there. Yep. I, I preached a couple weeks ago, and, and, you know, we weren't in person, so I, I just wanted to reiterate, because I, I really felt like this is just where the Lord has me, and, and I want to challenge you in it. You know, I, I preached out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 through 13. It's the Lord's Prayer, and I talked about the line in there where it says, give us this day our daily bread. And I believe that with all my heart, that the Lord has something for you each and every day. That he has something for me each and every day. And the problem is often what I do is I take what he gave me for today and I try and stretch that bad boy into a moment. And so the grace that he gave me for today, I try and make that thing last for a month. And what, what, what I mean is I try and, and, and meet with the Lord and then I, and sometimes I just stop doing it and I don't go to the throne room and I'm, I'm living off what he gave me for the day into a time where he didn't actually give it to me for the day. He gave me grace to deal with these situations in this day and, and then tomorrow morning he promises that if, if I meet with him, if I come with him, if I approach him, he'll give me grace to walk through the next day. You know, often in our time with the Lord we, we receive truths. Those truths last forever. They last forever. So when you see, when you were given a new revelation of the Lord, and, and that revelation lasts forever, but His grace and His mercies are new afresh. Every morning. Every morning. And so while it's not legalistic, while we shouldn't, you know, have to be a grind and we, we need to change our mind, it is important. It is important to meet with Him. What I'm asking and challenging to do is change the way you approach Him. When we sing this song, I, I, we've been singing it, what, two weeks now? And, you know, for Thursday practices, and, and I've had it on, on my car because at first I was singing it wrong. And everybody kept telling me, you got to listen to it because you're singing it wrong. That's how it works. <clears throat> over and over, I just realized the invitation that God has given us that we don't often take advantage of. The invitation to meet with God, creator of the universe. The invitation to meet with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The invitation to begin to see his glory, his holiness, and for him to begin to mold and shape me is lost on us sometimes. And so I want to challenge you, when you wake up in the morning, remember, you get to meet with the king. And there's promises that he's going to give you grace for today. That he's going to give you mercies for today. That he's going to speak to you about today. And he's going to show you what he has for you today. He's going to begin to reveal his promises to you. And he wants you to walk in the power of that relationship with him. New life happens and begins and continues to develop in the presence of the Lord.
to the throne room of justice. When that veil was torn, he didn't do away with it. He introduced the kingdom of the most holy one, holy place. So this week and the weeks to come, remember and run. That verse says, the veil was torn and I run in justice. It's not I get up groggy and I Creator, your Savior, each and every day. Let us draw then with confidence into the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Lord, we thank you that you have made a way. You have made a way for us to draw into your presence. For us to come and to sit and be with you in the most holy of places. Lord, I pray for each of us that when we wake up in the morning, we would recognize that opportunity that we have. We would remember the opportunity we have. Lord, that we would run into your throne room to receive the daily bread that you have for us. Lord, and then when we receive it, that we would walk boldly in that. Lord, we would let you change us so that we would walk boldly and become more like you in the city that we live in. Lord, that we'd be more like you in our families, more like you with our friends, more like you in our work environment. Lord, I pray that we would always be willing to run into your throne room to be with you. In the mighty name of Jesus.